Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to hi, another. Man. Oh, what's up, Griffin? Hi, I was saying hi back. Oh, I appreciate that. It was actually more to the people in the listening, not you. We've been talking for a few minutes, but it's fine. It's fine. Okay. Um, I like that Ethan didn't say hi either. He understood. I was wait. I was waiting for you to start talking again so I could do it. <laughs> I was going to say either he understood the assignment or he's mad at me and not saying hi, and I don't know which. Um, well, obviously, by the uh, clumsy, uh, awkward interview, low energy opening that I promised, I promised this would be low energy. Uh, you're listening to another episode of Ideas Don't Bleed podcast presented by Griffin Sheridan, who is in turn presented by Kids Love Chains Media, which is of course <laughs> a subsidiary of uh, Kill Your Darlings Enterprises. Whoa. Yeah, that's right. I love that. Uh, that's just like the five minutes of studio logos before. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're narrating the, the really boring opening. I watched, a, this is going to be a non sequitur, but we're going to leave it in the show. Uh, okay. I watched the director's cut of uh, Kingdom of Heaven, the Ridley Scott mm -hmm. film the other day. Mm -hmm. uh, it's solid B. I give it a B. Um, enjoyed it. Uh, but it starts with six minutes of classical music over black screen before <laughs> the title cards appear. And I'd never mm -hmm. seen anyone do that. And then I was like, oh, that's right. This movie's three and a half hours long. <laughs> uh, that's If you're going for the, if you're trying to break the 200 minute mark, you're going to end up doing stuff like that. Um, <laughs> do you is, want us to do that for this episode? This is, I feel like we're already doing it. I feel like this we is, have to set the tone. This is the podcast version of that. This right now, my introduction is the sweet, is, is sort of the podcast version of maybe a, a, a Bach. Right. Okay. Uh, okay. I'm also back. here. I'm Ethan. You forgot to introduce me. Uh, uh. <laughs> yeah. Ethan's here. Uh, I'm here. My name's Matt. Uh, Ethan S. Parker, Griffin Sheridan. Uh, we're going to have a podcast. We're going to talk about comics as we normally do. Uh, mm -hmm. Two of the people today don't seem to have high speed internet. One of the people today <laughs> seems to have a sinus infection and <laughs> i showed up properly prepared and this is what art you're art, art is never made under ideal conditions <laughs> <laughs> and neither is our podcast um but despite the all of the multiple setbacks that we are having technical issues health issues and bad introduction issues mm. i think this is going to be a great show because we have not just a special guest I would say our most special guest ever. Oh my god! Would you agree with that, gentlemen? Yeah, yeah, uh, of I course, mean, for sure. Okay, our special guest today, Mr. Hassan Osman Elhow, is here. Yay! Hass, thank you so much for joining us. Does your internet work? Why? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, just, <laughs> I was confused as to the most special, or is that just the general? Is that just everyone? Um, well, cards on the table. We've said that before, but you know what? <laughs> we uh, we take the podcast in order, so it can be true every time I say it. Yeah. Happen to be more special than our previous guest. He's never who, technically lying. Yeah. No, who was? Yeah. I don't even remember who we taped last week. Who was that guest last week? Oof. Um, it wasn't Ridley Scott. It, was, it wasn't, wasn't Ridley. Scott. It was. And you're more special than Ridley Scott. Um, Thank he, you. Uh, just talking about his new movie that's coming out, which is Napoleon. Napoleon. Did I make that up? No. Oh right. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that is yeah. correct. Yeah, but you are an Eisner Award-winning mm-hmm. journalist, letterer, YouTuber, mm. and as we'll get to, comic book writer. <laughs> so that resume. Really, Scott has none of that. I don't think that's really Scott's never won mm-hmm. an Eisner. Absolutely. No. Uh, thanks for coming on the yeah, show, Hess. Thank, yeah, no, thanks for thanks for having me. That was a very nice introduction. <laughs> I don't believe that, but I appreciate you saying it. Um, let's jump right in with the first question that we ask everybody, which is why comics? Uh, oh, I don't That's know, the whole really. question. <laughs> um, it's a good because it's sort of this. Do you do the same thing where you wake up and then you you sort of go downstairs, brush your teeth, and look in the mirror and then ask that question as well? Yeah, but I'm crying. <laughs> I'm crying while I do <laughs> well, Just why? Not why? even the why comics, I suppose. Yeah. Just why? Usually, just why? Is, but, yeah. Um, they're really good fun, aren't they? I suppose would be the answer to that question. <laughs> uh, they. All right. Are... Thanks, everybody. We'll be back next week with another episode. <laughs> <laughs> they're um. Yeah, they're good. They're sort of quite good, I think. It tends to be. You are, you are... <laughs> they are. They are. That's right. I've, they, I, that. What... <laughs> I, I've asked that every time because no one's given the correct answer, which is they're good, aren't they? <laughs> We're done. They're, um, yeah, they're one of my favorite things, I'd say. Right, um, what are some of your other favorite things? <laughs> I, don't, I just quite like, I, I like walking. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not as fun to talk about. Um, yeah. No, why? Why comics? Comics. Uh, I just. I'm a big <laughs> fan of that. Well, I don't. I just feel like people are going to give better answers than this. So anything that I say won't. won't uh, we're not. Won't be as fun. Trying, but we're not trying to get to the root of why comics are good. We're getting to the root of why you like them, and I, no one I, has Matt, given a yeah, better think, answer. Well, on that. Matt, I'm, I think when I'm, you I'm, open I'm, with saying that somebody's the the best guest or whatever, you give an air that there's a competition happening. I think yeah, that I you, <laughs> you've created a pressure. I really wanted to. Yeah, I need. I really felt like I needed to nail the answer. Uh, the best <laughs> I could give you was that they're quite good. But the, I'm a big. I just like the. I'm just like. I like that weird little interplay of like text and images. I think that's the thing that appealed to me. Uh, even when I was like a little little kids when I read when I read them yeah what when did you start reading comics like do you remember what you started reading yeah I think it was like French Lucky Luke's well I mean not not like properly I think I read like the Beano and Dandy which are these British British comics that had uh like the British Dennis the Menace not not uh, yeah. your weird American Dennis the Menace and um like uh it's different different Dennis's your Dennis the Menace is like was he like a little blonde kid yeah he, yeah, yeah, we we had Dennis the Menace, and he was like a kid with like black hair, 
and he had a dog called Nasher, but with a G. The dog yeah. name began with a G. I think he had a spider at one point. He had a spider? Yeah, he had like a pet <laughs> spider at one point. The, the, but the ultimate like... universe, like the multiverse, Dennis the Menace. <laughs> I like that you're like, I think he had a spider at one point, for... but your, your one is the weird one. Ours is just a little kid who like annoys his neighbor. Yeah. Yours is a yeah. spider yeah, so, wrangler? Uh, no, he wasn't. He, no, no, I think let's, you know, let's not be He's like, he's he like Sid from spiders, Toy Story. He did, he, did, he, did have a, he did have a spider uh, pet. That had, okay, and okay. It, they all, all of it, he had like a bunch of pets and all of the pets like big, had names that began with a silent G. I'm so sure that's true. I'm so worried that you're going like, to Google this and it's going to be apps and this isn't, doesn't even exist. But uh, yeah, Dennis the Menace, he, he had like a black and red stripey, like a black and red stripey top and he just got into loads of hijinks. His name was Dennis the Menace, though? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, so this is, was it made by the same people? <laughs> no, I don't think so. How are they two different? Okay, this is not, I don't think. Have you, have you, 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 you honestly never heard of the British Dennis the Menace? You've heard of the Beano before. Yeah, I've heard of Beano. You know, I feel like someone else on the show mentioned British Dennis the Menace, and I thought they were just claiming ownership of our Dennis the Menace. I didn't realize that there was a second one. I thought, you know, it's like... I, I remember seeing the... Um, wasn't because there was a movie, right? There was like a Dennis the Menace movie, I think, from when I was like a kid. Yeah. Was it in the yeah. 90s or something, maybe? Yeah, there's... And I remember watching that, and I was like, they've ruined Dennis. Like, you know, you know, it's like when you, <laughs> you saw like a comic adaptation, and it's like wildly they... different from the source material. I was like, they didn't, they didn't get this at all. Like, they completely <laughs> misunderstood the, the, uh... the, the, the source material. I think yeah, he's a, just a little blonde kid that annoys Walter Matthau for like yeah. ninety minutes at a time yeah. every few years. I th I think that every few years, I think <laughs> that uh, I, I would like to start a crowdfunding campaign to make the British spidery Dennis the Menace movie to get that going. Dark Dennis. I'm sure we 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 must have had some Dark kind Dennis. of like Dennis cartoon. Um, but that Bino was cool, man. Bino also had a. Re I think it was Bino had a really fun. I can't remember what the name of it was, but it was um, yeah, a strip where it was like the inside of this guy's head, and it, they were. It was all different little people that like worked on machinery to control this guy, and they would like get into fights, and it would like mess up this guy's day because they'd make that's, him do random weird that's, stuff. That's our TV show, Herman's Head. <laughs> that's, that's it's a, a strip. It's a strip from the Bino. Well, in America, we have a TV show called Herman's Head, or we did, and that was it. Um, okay, so you're from I an alternate universe. All of your stolen from us. I should have known you were from an alternate universe um, because before we started taping, you were discussing meals in the day, and the three of us were very confused by what you were talking about. Can you go over what the meals... You wake up in the morning. What do you eat? What's the first meal you eat? Well, I, you know, I personally don't really eat breakfast, but it'd be breakfast, yeah. Breakfast, okay. breakfast, okay. okay. Yeah, that works. Standardized. And, and then, you know, midday, noon. What do you have? What are you having? Dinner. Okay. <laughs> this is where this is where we hit a we hit a problem. You have dinner, <laughs> and and you referred to obviously. The 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 people at school, it, it's an old old fashioned term that's outdated, and and we're going yeah. to acknowledge that. But the people at school who serve you dinner, yeah, are who? Dinner ladies. Dinner. Or, or dinner 
super weird. It's not. It's the we like, have it. There was a TV show called called Dinner Ladies in England, like a comedy show. It's a, it's oh not. A, it's like a, it's you guys that are weird. In this no, <laughs> it's they're called lunch ladies because it, it's like the Stanley alliteration thing. You can they're characters that way. You know you care about because it's the alliteration. Dinner ladies makes no sense. Yeah. Did you imagine Steve Farley and Adam Sandler doing Dinner Ladies on Saturday Night Live? What the yeah, fuck? Okay, okay fuck so that? after that, what do you eat? Um, it depends what's cooked, I suppose, isn't it? <laughs> you're not, you're the, not cooking yourself. What is the meal I see, called, though? I see, yeah, it's, well, I, I would call it tea. I'd call the evening meal tea. <laughs> tea. And then tea. what are you drinking throughout the day? Yeah, I can see where you're going with this. It's, are, <laughs> you know, they're uh, at like, you know, you can you can make anything sound weird if you phrase it in a certain way. Do you know what I mean? It's, I think, I think, uh, uh, I don't really drink tea either, but I do. It is nice on a, on the night on the right sort of day. You know, like, All right, right, we've arrived, everyone. I, beverage boys is here. I, We're talking beverage about beverages. I thought I thought but when they said tea time, I thought tea time was lunch time. No, why would that? Be? <laughs> no, no, Ethan, you stupid idiot. Although, it... although, what you you can you can have like a cream tea as well. That's like a different thing. Uh-huh. So I there's would... cap, there's lowercase t, and then there's like capital t, like tea for dinner. Yeah, yeah but that I think tea is maybe a northern thing because I don't think I don't think southern England people said tea for evening meals i, I think kind of feel guilty that we're spending this i don't know because this has no, nothing this to do important. with you <laughs> this, this was important i will say there was a there was a time i guess it was the last new york comic con and i was with a bunch of and i uh, you know cards on the table um i spent a lot of time in london uh i love the uk i, I go over there fairly regularly all of this was very foreign to me. All of this was very new to me. But we were sitting around, and it was me, and I want to say, like, Dan Waters and Alex Pacnadel and a bunch of people. And Dan Waters was like, I went into a coffee shop, and I asked for an English breakfast tea. And, uh, and he was like, and they gave me Earl Grey. And everybody started laughing, and I was like, that doesn't mean anything. <laughs> you don't know what that means. And they were like, he was like, and then he just said it slower and slower. Like I, like we, like the way you communicate, try to talk to a dog. He was like, I asked for breakfast tea. They gave me Earl Grey, and I was like, don't know. Like I don't know. But also, I, person I, person who worked in the coffee shop also had no idea what you were talking about, man. I think it's pretty <laughs> bad that you even have to because, like, if you. You don't really say breakfast tea in England. You just say tea. Breakfast tea is like an American concept. Well, no, just if you were like, can I have a cup of tea? And someone, if if you asked for a cup of tea in England and someone gave you like something that wasn't just like normal black tea, you, you like tables would be flipped. You'd kick off because it's not, (laughs) it'd be, it's because what I found, it's the thing that I found out recently as well is that, uh, you know, like electric kettles, because electric kettles yeah. aren't like, are they mainstream in America? Are they? Does everyone have like an electric kettle? I mean, I, I do. Got one. I, do. I use yeah. one regularly. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's. I, I found They're out recently that it's not like. It's not everywhere now, certainly. Yeah, because I was talking to someone and uh, a comic writer who shan't be named because I, I, I was a little bit upset with them because they don't own an electric kettle. And. Um, <laughs> I was like, what would you do? Like, if I came round to your house, that like, what would you, what, what beverage would I get? And they were like, I don't know, like a glass of water. And I was like, well, how, <laughs> what if, like, how, I, I, it was so, so it, that's alien. Like, if you came to my house, <laughs> I would ask you if you wanted a drink. 
and tea <laughs> would you know tea or coffee would be like the but tea would be you know the kettle would be on you'd, you'd have a nice cup of tea mm. but mm. As, but like imagine if you had to stand around like on a hob and wait for the or stove or whatever you guys call it and wait for like water to boil like it was the 1800s unbelievable do they drink London? Do they drink London fogs over there, or is that a fake American mm, invention? I've never even heard of that. <laughs> what's the, what's the it's good. Fogs? It's a, no, because that's a it's an Earl Grey like latte, basically. Like like it's like Earl Grey with like an oat milk. Over there, they just call it fog. They call it... <laughs> <laughs> Can I get a little fog in my that's tea? Wild. Yeah, um, I've never heard of that before. I just so looked at the time good. we've been going, and I'm legitimately shocked. We're 20 minutes. <laughs> Cards, cards on the table, just so we all are clear, so listeners at home know, if you come to my house, the only drink I will be offering you, the only drink you're allowed to drink is a root beer float. Moving on. <laughs> uh, okay, done. That's Beverage. That's Beverage Talk. Um, so. What was like the question comics? you asked me? Comics. Why, com- why comics? <laughs> What's why? the question? <laughs> why comics? I, they remember? To, answer, like, to get into, the, when I read like proper comics, to circle back around from like 20 yeah. minutes ago, was, uh, I think the first thing I remember reading was Lucky Luke's, which I, I used to get French Lucky Luke's. Because mm-hmm. um, my dad's Algerian, so we, I get like a lot of French comics, that, like I guess that he, the sort of stuff that he would have read when he was a kid, so like Asterix and Lucky Luke. I didn't really understand them because they were in French and I uh, didn't, didn't really speak French. Um, but uh, they were pretty easy to follow. And that was when I first was like, this is cool. Like this is, It was like a step above Fabino stuff that I've been reading. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like a full, it was like 40 pages or whatever a Lucky Luke yeah. was with like a whole story in it. And they were, I just remember thinking they were sick. And I used to go dumpster, I say dumpster diving, uh, secondhand bookshop diving with my dad uh, when we went to France. Because um, he would collect... Uh, these like James Hadley Chase, not he, I don't, he won't listen to this, but I don't know how happy he'd be talking about his James Hadley Chase collection, but he used to collect <laughs> these James Hadley, which are basically like stuff people would just churn out like every year. And then, so there was like 150 or 200 of these oh, James nice. Hadley Chase, like kind of like a James Bondy thing, but in, uh, we get them in French. So he'd go in with his little, his little fold out sheet of ticked off, which ones he'd collected. And I'd oh. go with like a little scrapbook of like, which Lucky Luke's I already owned. Uh, and we go and try and find some in some French secondhand bookshops. That's I have amazing. no idea where they are now, but I had, I had, I had so many. Um, and then, and then once I, then I was like, I like comics. And then I borrowed a, a copy of my friend's uh, Essential Spider-Man, which were these like, do you remember? Do you, I don't know if you had them like black and white reprints. Yeah, yeah. Like hundreds of pages of on cheap, cheap paper. Yeah. Um, and that was like the first American comics I'd read, and I thought that they, they, they blew my mind because they were like the French comics, but like on steroids with like massive panels and bombastic action and stuff like that and, and that was when i was like oh i could get into comics and they were in a language that you read and I, yeah i could understand what was happening rather than just good cowboy bad cowboys so when did you decide you wanted to make comics work on comics i, I tried when i was when i was a kid i drew like you know when i was i say a kid when i was like 16 maybe i think i like had written a bunch of comics and uh probably like i like you know i like tried to get like friends to draw them and stuff uh but not that wasn't like i don't know if that counts as being when i want to work on comics but do you mean like actually with like an adult head or do you mean yeah yeah i mean with either. the dreams of a child <laughs> i mean i feel like we all still have the dreams of a child but uh <laughs> e- either like when did yeah when did, when were you like oh you know what like i need to pay bills comics seems like a good way to do that that I, uh, that was like the twenty I think twenty six I started strip the strip panel naked YouTube channel in twenty sixteen 
uh, and that was and I was I did that for like a year or so, and then I uh, was chatting to um, Dennis Camp, the comic writer, sure. uh, just before he had his first vault book come out, uh, Maxwell's Demons. This was like this was uh, this must have been like 2016, 2017. And uh, I think I was doing a pitch. I think I'd like put it together like a five page pitch and I, and I needed to letter it. Uh, and I remember him saying like, oh, you could, you might quite be like good at lettering. Like that might be within your wheelhouse, which might have been an insult. I'm not really sure. <laughs> and so I, I had a go at it and I followed a bunch of blogs uh, from Jim Campbell, who's a great letterer. Sure. Uh, and uh, just, it sort of clicked. Like I just, it just made sense in my head. And I was like this, I could definitely do this. Um, very egotistical of me to assume that after reading a couple of blogs. Sure, I mean but that's where that's where it started, I guess. So 2016, Jim, 2017 ish. Uh, Jim's amazing. Jim Jim lettered a lot of my my first stuff, and I I owe him a, a great deal because he taught me a ton about writing and making books and all that. And and he's amazing. Uh, I I was fascinated because I I was like I'm going to do some research. Like obviously we we work together. You uh, we work on what's the first place from here together. But I was like, I actually don't know. And I tried to look up like your history and it's very hard to track like what a letterer has worked on. It's just like <laughs> not something that people really keep track of. And I was like, oh, well, he has his own website. And then your website just has your name. It says letterer, <laughs> it has your email. And then there's a green box that when you click on it, it turns black and that's your website. Oh, <laughs> so that didn't really give me a lot to work with here. <laughs> Um, I like the box. It was a cool sort of a. Uh, I, don't, I honestly don't even know what that is, but that's. I mean, maybe that's not your website. Maybe that's, that's, well, your email address is on there, so you might want to send them a cease and desist. Um, so yeah, I, I I think that's funny because I when I started making comics, I was like, my first thought was like, well, I I should learn how to do all these skills. Like, I should learn how to color and letter one because I'm broke and it'll save me money but two like i should know how to do these things and it would be helpful and it's good to have more tools and i remember like doing the same thing you did of like reading a bunch of articles watching a bunch of videos and i immediately was like oh no i can't do this i can't there's no way like i can do this so i'm fascinated by the fact that you were like yeah i can do this and then it turns out you're actually quite good at it it was like it just clicked it was like i don't he ever had an experience where you've like heard a bit of music or something or whatever and you you were like i fucking love this band yeah. already or whatever it was like that moment i was like the first time i heard the beatles or whatever i was like it just it made sense when i was doing it uh it just and you know all the elements of it like just being able to do it by yourself and being left alone and uh working <laughs> in a different time zone from everyone else and everything like that it was all all, all just bonuses but it like when i was when I was going through that process of, I mean, literally just learning like how to make a tail and stuff from, from Jim, from Jim's blog. It just like, I just had a smile on my face. It just made sense. Um, and so I just, it just felt right better than anything else like work-wise <laughs> that I've done before. Huh. I love that. That's amazing to think about. Um, the, I, I would be, um, well, I have a weird like I I was talking to shout out to my mom who may or may not listen to this uh I was talking to my mom about about making uh what's the first place from here and she was unclear what Tyler did on the book and what I did and whatever <laughs> like she knew she knew that I wrote it but like she was like well Tyler does everything and I said no you know has <laughs> let, letters it and 
um, she very much like she understood that, but was very much thought it was very much just like, well, you just tell him what to do. And I was like, no, I don't like, you know, I give him a script, but like he has a lot. And I was going through and showing her places where you're taking control of the, the process and where you're actually like figuring out how to make my fucking bullshit work over Tyler's art and all that stuff. And uh, it, it was amazing because I, I think to a lot of people who don't read comics or read comics in a very like, in, in just an entertainment way, they don't really understand the job. They, they think of it as very much of just like, you're just the person who slaps the thing onto the page. And yeah. it's very much not what you do. Uh, I mean, in some ways, it's, it's what it, you do. Yeah, it, it also depends, because I know that I'm not necessarily to everyone's taste to work with, because I know that I like, I'll sometimes just like add something to the sure. page yeah. that isn't in the script or like, I don't, I don't change what's written, but like, I might like add something or like, I might think like, oh, it'd be quite fun to have like a weird balloon here or like, a, yeah. um, I don't think I've, I've probably added dialogue, but I don't think I've added dialogue beyond like a, someone laughing or like a, or maybe I have, I might have added dialogue to a few places. <laughs> I feel like you, not in, I, not, not, I feel like not you added a joke in for this place. I, I think you did at one point. Oh, maybe like, I did. I feel like you were like, I think this would be funny. And me and Tyler were like, yeah, that's super funny. Like, awesome. Uh, yeah, I think I, I, you now I'm thinking about it, I, I've gone yeah. beyond what is my job. Yeah. <laughs> Probably. I mean, I, you know, just not, not to everyone's taste, I'm sure. No, I mean, you know, uh, I, can, I can only speak for me and Tyler, but our concern is putting out the best book and like you're on the team of the book. So when you're like, this would be better, like we really fucking appreciate that and are like, yeah, that's better. Well, I think I, 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 I said this to, uh, I think I was saying to Deck Shalvey when, because yeah, we did like a little interview thing for the back of one of the issues of Time Before Time. Mm -hmm. And so like one of the questions, I can't remember what the question was, uh, but I was probably just answering whatever I wanted to answer. But the, the what we were talking about was like what, your job is to like, so at the base level, your job is to be able to like put the words in an order so it's readable. And so the things point to who they need to point to. So that a person yeah. reading the book understands who's saying what in what order. That's like the minimum job. If you can do that, you have successfully sort of lettered the comic book. But then it's like, well, what's the, what separates you from like another letter? Like what, what if, like, because you don't want to, I don't, it's such a re easily irreplaceable job. Like you, like you could take a letter and put someone else on, and probably a lot of people won't notice much difference. And so for me, it was like, how do I not have that happen? Like, what am I? What can I do that adds value beyond yeah. the bare minimum to the to the book? And so I just try and be like, you know, I'm not precious about it either. So if people come back and they say like, oh, I hate that balloon or like that tail is too squiggly, get rid of that, please. Um, that's all cool with me, but it's like for me, it's like, what am I trying to bring to it? Like, I want to be able to be part of the, the, the storytelling process and be be like a be like a part of the team. Uh, so that's what I'm value added and not just um, yeah. whatever the opposite of value added is. <laughs> value maintained. <laughs> value maintained. I mean, value, nothing wrong with value maintained. I mean, it's uh, you know, it, it raises a couple sort of questions. One. Uh, do we know what Declan calls the second meal of the day? Do we have a theory on what he would refer to that as? But I mean, I guess we can have him on back again for that. Tea, but, tea with an Irish accent. <laughs> I don't think they. I don't think he drinks tea. Declan doesn't. He's not a tea drinker. Um, the 
No, but I, I you know, I, it's funny because I, I, growing up, I, I understood that like the letterers at a lot of the comics I read, I lot of, read a lot of Marvel and DC, those were production jobs. Those were like the bullpen, like they worked in the office with the editors and the people who, you know, scanned pages and all that did color separations and it was very much like a production job and i feel like in the last obviously there are brilliant people at it like no doubt there there that's true of any sort of production job there are people who excel at it but it 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 felt like there's a sort of divide between the the creative and the production and and letters fell on the production side and it feels like in the last seven eight years there's been a real shift towards letters being considered more part of the creative um is that how you see your you feel like you're you're i mean we do we certainly on the book feel like you're a part of the creative team as much as me and tyler but like do you feel that way on your projects do you feel like it's a production job it's a lettering job it, it you know it's a it's an artistic job where do you see it it's definitely yeah it's definitely like there's like a technical aspect to it there's like a, it's like a there is a process to be done um but yeah, there's, like, there's like production aspects to it like for what's the furthest i mean this is a super <laughs> i guess inside baseball -y sort of thing but like for what's the furthest place like i guess i i package the final like page files yeah. so that is like, like there is a production element to it and like knowing like when to use overprint black and what kind of like black levels to use on what objects and things like that like there are knowing like how print will work yeah. is part of the job um but mostly what i'm doing is like i like to think of it this this is going to sound very grandiose but i like to think of it as like being the final layer on the, the sort of storytelling or like the artistic end mm -hmm. end of it because i like to like there's a lot of stuff in there like i'm like drawing and things like that so i like to try and feel like I, to me it's like i Feel like my best work is when i'm looking at it and thinking like okay if you know in what's the first place like if this was tyler like what would tyler want mm -hmm. this panel to be like what would he draw in this in this moment like would he cartoon this word or this balloon or whatever so i try and think of it like that right you know i'm like i don't it's not like i'm caught every panel going like okay what would they do but like that's the mindset i try yeah. to try to get into I, I hate talking about this. i don't i don't mean i don't I hate talking about this but like i always feel like this is a very british thing i don't want to make myself sound too good so I, i'm just going to offset that by saying that it doesn't necessarily always work but that's the that's like the wavelength i'm trying to tap into well, I, guess. I, I can say because tyler doesn't listen to the show that um on first place and maybe getting the chronology wrong because it's so long but you lettered the pitch and then tyler was like i'm gonna letter the actual book and then I was like, yeah, he's like, I just want it to be two names. I just want it to be us. And then he did a first draft of the book and sent it to me. And I was like, nope, absolutely not. <laughs> like, that's coming back. Besides the fact that he added a typo to the book. And I was like, you fucking put a typo <laughs> into a book that isn't in the script. But um, so when you say, well, like, yeah, I was trying to figure out what Tyler. It, it, it's funny because, like, I think uh, Tyler is very much of a, a school of cartooning that comes from you know, it's a one person production. It's, they do everything. And, and he has a lot of romanticism about that. It's a very romantic idea and I get it. Um, but also I was like, we're doing a lot of this book, man. Like, like let other people carry the, the weight a little bit and, and they're going to do things better than you and that's okay. And so we're, we're getting to that point of that, but like you were the obvious early, like this is a better looking book if Hass does it than if 
Tyler does it. Well, the, if, I don't know if you remember this, but like the the pitch stuff. Do you remember that? Because there was like that Image Expo book. Yeah. Which it had like a. I don't think it was. There wasn't a whole issue, was it? It was just like the first no, five no. pages. We, we like only that. done five pages when we announced the book. Yeah. That was it. Yeah, and so that that five pages was lettered like. It might have been the same font, but it was the style of the balloon and everything was different mm -hmm. than what we did in the end. But that's because I went and looked at Dead Dog's Bite and I was mm -hmm. like, okay, so this is what Tyler does if he's lettering himself. Yeah. And yeah. I was like, how do I, I so I want to bring that part of it. So like the line tails, I don't, we didn't do line tails in the original uh, pitch. Yeah. That was from seeing how Tyler did it in Dead Dogs. Yeah. So that yeah, was, yeah. there is like an element of like him in it without him necessarily realizing that. Yeah. Did you, uh, I, like, that's amazing to me, the the level of, like, you're going back and looking at how he letters himself. The, um, how much, like, how much of an interest in graphic design did you have going into this, like, going into lettering and stuff? Was that something you cared about uh, or studied? Uh, no, I did, a, I, my, well, I did a film degree. I did a film production degree. And my, so my old job was shooting corporate video. Mm -hmm. uh, like interviews and talking heads and promos for things, a lot of education stuff. Mm -hmm. um, so I guess in a sense, you know, visually stuff, yeah, but not not graphic design. I don't know anything about graphic design. I learned all of it uh, through having to do the like do panel by panel magazine, you know, seven yeah. issues of that, and then also just having to learn how to letter comic books, <laughs> just because you have to do a lot. You have to do a lot of pages and a lot of different things very quickly. Yeah, I mean, it, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> There it is. Um, it, well, no, I think it's I think it's funny to me because like you make sense to me. It makes sense to me that you're such a thoughtful letterer because you look at your magazine panel by panel, which is this you know epic uh, sort of study in in comics and it, like getting away from just the content of it, like the aesthetics of the magazine and the design sense is so different and so smart and brilliant and like it's a beautiful magazine but it's also just like it doesn't look like anything else anyone is doing in comics journalism it doesn't look like wizard it doesn't look like the comics journal it, it's like it's fucking stylish it's fucking cool looking uh it makes comics look sexier than they actually are which is you know <laughs> really what we should all be aspiring to do and so i was wondering like you know you clearly have a an eye for aesthetic naturally then and design stuff but that's not something you you like really harp on no i don't uh no i, I never studied it uh i've not even really came close to anything studying it uh more just i like um i just like sort of dick eddie magazines <laughs> So I just, I just, I just look, I was just, I just, you know, like one, like sort of one of those people that would like buy a magazine about like a topic you're not really interested in because it looks really nice. Yeah. So it was, it's more like that. So it's more just, I, it's more just like sort of, sort of just like lifting things from, from like smarter people than me that, that what, what work they've done and just going mm -hmm. like, oh, how do I kind of do that sort of thing with like this, this magazine page or whatever. Yeah. But it's not, uh, I don't have a really good answer. I feel like I should have a smarter answer than that, but on that, but it's basically, uh, no, <laughs> right. I just, I just tried, I just wanted to make stuff that looked nice. Like, I, I think that's the thing, right? Is that like, you'll, for me, it's like the, 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 the aesthetics of the thing is part of the process. Mm -hmm. Um, like what's like with what's the furthest place, right? Like having Tyler, like hand draw the, the logo and 
all the, yeah. like, the little chapter cards and stuff like that. It's like a level of like care to it that mm-hmm. makes you, I think, makes you you makes you care about it as well when you're reading it. You're because you, if you look if you look at something, it looks like it's been made with some attention and some care. I think even yeah. if you're not necessarily like interested in that thing, you will care about it a little bit because you can see that like that transference of of, of energy and thought and process that's gone into it. Is my yeah. thinking anyway? Is you make people make make it look like you care about it and other people care about it. Yeah. So, well, talking more about the magazine, like, why did you make? Where does the magazine come from? Why did you make that? I was doing uh, so. I was doing these YouTube videos, these strip bar naked YouTube videos, mm-hmm. uh, just breaking down little funny things that I liked in comics, sort of five, 10 minute long things. Uh, and then I had been, a, uh, I was doing some stuff for Comics Alliance, right? Wow. I was writing like strip pile naked things, I think every week maybe uh, for Comics Alliance um, through Andrew Wheeler at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like, that was really fun. Cause I, Andrew just let me write whatever I wanted to write. No one really cared. I just wrote about some fun thing I'd seen in comics that week, some interesting little story element or whatever. And um, and then I joined it, and then like a month or two months later, it closed down, and I was mm-hmm. the last person that I joined it, and I <laughs> felt really bad about that for a while. Uh, I mean, probably and, your uh, fault, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then after that, I was like, people, I was like, I don't know what to do with this thing because I had all this like creative, all had this little juice from writing this thing every week, and I didn't know what to do. Um, and then some people at different websites have been like, you should come write it for us. And I've been spoiled by uh, Comics Alliance paying me like a massive $25 per article. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. And and which genuinely was a lot of money. And uh, <laughs> no one else, everyone else was like, we'll just pay you based on like views or, you know, or we won't pay you or whatever. And yeah. I was, I, it was quite hard when after someone has given you money to do something to be like, I'll just do that for no money. Mm-hmm. So at that point, I was like, well, I'll just, I, like, I'll just make the thing that I want to make instead. And I just started making this magazine where I was like, I'll write a thing. I'll just put it in my own magazine because I really like magazines. Uh, And the thought of having like a website and having to like have stuff every day and just be text with like an image in the middle of it just seemed really boring. Um, And I was just like, I'm just going to make a magazine because I'm a huge fan of, uh, I don't have any, not that this is video anyway, but for us, uh, I don't for Little White White Lies, which is a really cool um, British film magazine. Mm -hmm. And I basically just ripped off that. So what Little White Lies would do is like the first half of an issue would be all about one film. And then the second half would just be like reviews of everything that had come out that month. So I love that format of like, rather than just be like, we're just gonna have 10 articles about random stuff. I thought it makes so much more sense to pick a thing you think is really good and then write about it for like 50 to 70 pages in different ways and different elements of it. Cause you learn so much. There was a really fun, uh, I think it was about the witch or the, the, the bitch uh mm-hmm. it's not that but there was a really fun thing <laughs> in that where i think it was i think it was little white lies and they had like a whole bunch of essays and like one of the essays was about this weird fungus that would grow at the time on crops that would cause like hallucinogenic reactions in people and how mm-hmm. maybe the film is filtered through that idea because there's a whole bunch of like rotted corn in it and stuff like that um and i was like this just blows your mind right you just go you just go see a film and then you just read this thing and mm-hmm. it just completely makes you reimagine everything you've just seen and gives you completely interesting new insight into it. And I wanted to just do that for comics. I wanted to figure out, again, it feels very grandiose. I don't know if we achieved it, but that's that was the goal was like, people would go read a thing and then come read panel by panel and be like, oh, there's stuff I never even considered about sure. this, the process of making this thing. Um, and I just wanted to have, because I wanted that experience because no one was mm-hmm. doing it and I wanted to read that. So I was like, well, if I make it, then I can read it uh, before anyone else. 
And that brings us to the end of part one of our discussion with Hassan Atzmein Elhau. Make sure to check out the unlikely story of Felix and Macabre, as well as everything else he's working on, by following him on Twitter at Hassan O.E. To get the latest episodes of this podcast, as well as news, giveaways, and even comics delivered straight to your inbox, go to ashcanpress.com and sign up for the newsletter. We'll be back next week for part two of our discussion, and in the meantime, you can write to us at ideasdontbleedpod at gmail.com, or tweet to Matthew Rosenberg at ashcanpress on Twitter, me at Tales to Astonish, or Griffin at Griff Sheridan. We'll include some of your correspondence on the show, and we'd love to hear what you have to say. And big thanks to Summer People for our theme song, Where's the Poison? Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Where is the poison?